This episode is brought to you by Affordable Drill Towers. Founded in 2016 by our good friend Steve Sanguidoce, a retired Houston, Texas firefighter, the Affordable Drill Tower was designed and built with functionality and versatility in mind for any training ground. As a standalone training tower and add-on to an existing burn building or connect setup, the Affordable Drill Tower packs a massive punch at an affordable price tag. With over 50 towers across the country, from Massachusetts to California, Montana to Texas, professionally engineered, NFPA and ISO compliant, the Affordable Drill Towers brings the versatility to your training ground. From Main Street USA, the small town fire company in their back parking lot, to the training grounds of the largest metropolitan fire academy, the Affordable Drill Tower fits the bill for price and functionality. Check them out at AffordableDrillTowers.com. And two things I like to talk about also when talking about our friends over at Affordable Drill Towers. One, their customized training program. They have the ability to bring some of the best talent from across the country to your home turf after the install of the Affordable Drill Tower. Designing a customized training program for you and your department, Steve will facilitate some of the biggest and brightest names of the American Fire Service to come in and work with you and your department. And secondly, and I think most important, is Steve's belief in need over greed. The affordable drill tower company gives back to not-for-profits that support organizations in the American Fire Service. Organizations such as the Joey D Foundation, which is near and dear to Steve Sanguidoche's heart, as well as many other not-for-profits that he takes a part of. He takes great pride in providing funding for organizations that push this job forward. So check them out. Steve and Dennis over at Affordable Drill Towers. Send them an email at info at affordabledrilltowers.com. Check them out on social media. And their YouTube page is kicking butt with great information, training nuggets, and information about their towers. So check them out, Affordable Drill Towers, and let them know Jeremy over at National Fire Radio sent you. This episode's brought to you by Ridgeway Leatherworks. Ridgeway Leatherworks is a firefighter-owned and operated business as well as a family-run business, and that's what I love about it. Rob and his family are passionate about their customer service and the quality product and craftsmanship they put out for the emergency services. Rob's been on the show. We've been to his his business. We've seen them in action. I've even tried to hand-paint radio straps. I promise you, it is not as easy as what the final outcome looks like. The product is so good, it's so clean and crisp, and yet, man, it takes that steady hand. Rob's become a near and dear friend of our podcast, and you hear that over and over when we talk about our sponsors, that they're friends, supporters, and that's what this networking community is all about, is supporting one another. Ridgeway Leatherworks, Rob Meyer, crushing it. Quality and craftsmanship is number one. Customer service is right there with it. From custom radio straps, universal radio holsters, chin straps, flashlight holders, anti-sway straps, and locker tags made out of leather, there's plenty of opportunity along the way when you deal with Ridgeway Leatherworks. So check them out at RidgewayLeatherworks.com. Find them on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And tell Rob you heard about him on the National Fire Radio platform and give them a little pluck and tell them keep up the good work we need to support our firefighter owned businesses and especially family run businesses where his two daughters and his wife help out day in and day out along with his other employees so again ridgeway leatherworks check them out at ridgewayleatherworks.com and find them on all your social media channels
Hey guys, Jeremy National Fire Radio, the podcast. Something I'm doing a little bit more of these days is putting together quick, like 20, 30 minute episodes of just me and my crazy random thoughts. I travel a lot, and through travel, I have a lot of time behind, uh, like windshield time, behind the wheel driving. Uh, especially this past weekend, I did a tremendous trip, a lot of miles in three days, um, but also times on planes and, and traveling and sitting in airports. And so when I have the ability to really wrap my brain around a lot of topics and things that are going on in the fire service. And so what I want to do is start putting out more of my thoughts. Uh, some of the episodes that I've done previously uh, have had great feedback. People send a lot of messages and emails in about them, uh, talking about different topics and then fueling the conversation. And truly, that's what National Fire Radio is built on, is fueling this conversation because when we talk about the job, we're making the job better. Um, so real quick, while I was driving not too long ago, I, I jotted down some notes that were in my head as I was driving. I was trying to form a conversation around it. I don't really bullet point things out for myself when I talk. Um, it's more of a concept and idea in my brain, and then I just go with it. Um, so I want to read the notes that I wrote in the notes section of my phone while I was traveling that day, and then I want to actually go after it a little bit. It's a little choppy, so just bear with me. Enjoy the process because I didn't. I rushed it, and it forced me to. The process is why it always works. When we rush it, we cheapen it, but sometimes we don't have a choice. That's a sacrifice you make just like firefighting. Sacrifice. You can stay in your current position, and maybe that's selfish, uh, of the company or department that needs you to step up. And so... I want to go after this topic a little bit. I'm going to spend a few minutes talking about the process. And uh, in my world, um, I rushed my process, and I think that's why I was an immature firefighter, immature officer, and immature chief. I'm talking about my volunteer department. Um, I was chief at 27 years old. I was an assistant chief at 24. And from 24 to 27, I was the, uh, the guy that ran the fire ground. I was the guy that ran the discipline. I was the guy that ran so many different things about my department, and I was in over my head. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, I think I was capable to do the job. I think I did the job pretty well. But I certainly didn't have the maturity to handle some of it the way I would today. And it's funny because a lot of guys that know me throughout the years, almost 30 years in the fire service now, they laugh because I'm a different guy today than I was years ago. Today, I'm much more analytic. Today, I'm much more interested in the conversation on both sides and then finding a way that we can broker and push ahead. I'm not uh, as egocentric as I was years ago. My bravado and ego got in the way, and I'm, that's going to be a whole other topic that I want to talk about down the road. Um, but I don't think I did a bad job. Um, you know, I think I was a good firematic officer. I think I was a good chief. I think I was fair, but I certainly was my way or no way uh, in, in some regard. Um, I believe that conviction is important, but a lot of times conviction can be overshadowed by your ego and bravado. Um, and that is something that I want to explore further down the road because I think a lot of us struggle with this. And so the topic of all of this is enjoying the process. A lot of times our fire companies, career or volunteer, because I hear it in both worlds, in the, in the volunteer sector, we're growing up too fast, pushing our people up the line quicker. We have young officers with minimal experience, minimal life experience, not just on the fire ground, but in life in general, how to navigate conversations, be a salesman, be caring, be empathetic. These are all, you know, things, traits that we don't really have a fantastic handle on until you mature and through maturity comes a better outlook 
on how you want to be, how you carry yourself, your interactions with others. And so it's super important, right? And then on the career side, the same thing's happening. We're talking about pushing people up the line quicker than ever before. I hear it all over the country as I travel. People tell me these things. Um, and so it's a unique and interesting um, problem, conundrum that we have in the fire service because, frankly, the fire service is steeped on tradition. It's steeped on experience and knowledge. And when we start putting people in positions of authority and we put people in positions of making decisions, they might not have been there yet in their career to have to do that, let alone make a decision about it. And when we promote quicker, we push up the line quicker, we're putting people in positions that maybe they haven't been in before. And so it's difficult to form an opinion and then go based on that. It's tough. And um, I, don't, I don't blame any of the individuals. It's the system and the setup that we have right now in place. And so what we can do very much so is then rely on our training and give people the opportunities to surround themselves with people that might have been there or might have done it. You know, I've had a lot of guys, we did a, we did a round table in Texas uh, a year or two back um, during an event. And uh, it was awesome, man. A young officer was sitting up front and he asked flat out, he raised his hand at the end when we opened up the floor and he said, Hey, I'm in a fast growing department. I have five years in, I'm being promoted to Lieutenant and I'm opening a brand new fire station. I don't belong in that position, but what do I do? And it was a really interesting conversation because I wasn't sure how it was going to go with the panelists, with the guests that were on the panel. And uh, Chief Stone out of Florida, he, he, um, he said, if not you, then who? You know, we don't always have all the people we need with the right experience and training to take on the positions that need to be filled. And so somebody has to step up. It's not like we can go on without filling these roles, especially in the career service. I know in a volunteer service, we are not filling lieutenant spots. We're not filling captain spots. And it's because we don't have the numbers or the people to be able to carry on. Say if your volunteer department has six lieutenant spots, maybe you can only field three or four. And then we're not, you know, uh, regulations and, and um, training and requirements dictate that you have to have a certain level of proficiency and training to be in that spot. And if we don't have that on the volunteer rank, well, we can just leave that spot empty typically. In the career side, it's not so much. They have to fill these roles. They need to have acting bosses in places. And guys are promoting. They're pushing themselves for more worth, better, better pay, more experience. Right. And so these guys are being afforded the opportunity to get into that seat quicker than ever. And when those opportunities arise, if not them, then who, you know, and so they are going to promote and they are going to get to that position and they might not have what they feel is enough experience or backstep knowledge to be able then to take on a company or a leadership position. But if not, who, if not, who? And that's really the struggle. That's the question. And so then you have to look at what's bigger than that. And what's bigger than that is how much do you care? How much are you involved in the job? How much do you care about promoting the job and doing the best you, the very best that you can? Bettering your training, bettering your position on the fire ground, bettering your knowledge, surrounding yourself with people that can help guide you and mentor you. These are all things that we look for in future leaders of the fire service. And it's happening younger and younger, but we need those people to understand that if you're dialed in and you love this job and you're willing to put yourself out there for the betterment of your company or department, and maybe you're not ready. Maybe you think you're not ready. Maybe you are and you're not. I'm not saying that at 24, 25, 26 years old, you're not ready for an officer spot. Of course, 
if you have the experience and knowledge and passion and acceptance of the position and know how to operate and you want to bring forward your abilities to to do that job, then hell yeah, man. But if you don't think you're ready, but you're super passionate and you're a guy that is in love with the job and bettering yourself and sharpening your skills and, and you're infectious with the others around you to share your passion and love for the job, then maybe even if you don't think you're ready, we need you. Because if you don't get that seat, somebody else is going to take it. And we just don't want anybody there. And so I challenge you. The process is important. And we don't want to rush it. And I would challenge you this. A lot of people aren't being forced. They're being forced to rush the process today. And they're not doing it on their own accord. Then there's other guys that are doing it on their own accord. They want to promote. They love the title. They love the abilities to climb. They don't want to do the work. And the easiest thing to do is promote up the ladder as quick as they possibly can because it gets them out of the pecking order and out of the hands-on work, the boots on the ground, the gloves that are putting out fires. Like These are people that want to get through the system fast so they can get up out of the way and be put into positions of authority and policy. And those are not the people we want. When you rush the process that way and you're selfish to rush the process for your own growth and to excel, that is where we will lose. And we have so many departments. I spoke at an event the other night where this topic came up and it was fantastic. It was a fantastic conversation. They talked or I spoke about how so many administrations are out of touch with what's happening on the sidewalk. This episode is brought to you by the Affordable Standpipe Prop. Let's break it down real quick. Steve and the crew at Affordable Drill Towers is doing it again. They've created this fully custom and fabricated standpipe prop to support the fire service. I'm telling you right now, this is a game-changing piece of training equipment. And I want to hop into it real quick. It is designed with a 4-inch manifold of high-strength galvanized Schedule 10 pipe. The cart manifold are powder-coated red for a durable finish, meaning it's not just a talking piece. It's not something you tuck away on the shelf. This is a training prop that can be wheeled into the classroom and then brought out onto the training ground. And so let's talk about that. In the classroom, there's nothing better than having a hands-on prop in front of the students, in front of the fire companies that are there to learn about standpipe and FDC connections. Having that prop in the classroom allows for a great instructional lecture. And then from there, take the standpipe theory and translate it to the training grounds. You could wheel the cart out that's on casters. You wheel it out into the parking lot. And that same training prop that you just used hands-on in the classroom can now be used hands-on on the training ground by pumping into it and flowing out of it. It offers such versatility in its approach. It has a two and a half inch Siamese connection, seven two and a half inch outlets, six of which are standpipe valves has a water motor gong, sprinkler head with a control valve, and a system pressure gauge. You can also upgrade and put three of the most common field adjustable PRVs. I'm telling you right now, this is a game-changing training prop that needs to be in every fire company or training department across the country. Reach out to Steve and the crew, info at affordabledrilltowers.com. Ask for a demo, ask for information, or check them out on social media and YouTube. There's plenty of content out there that shows you exactly what the affordable standpipe prop can do for you. This episode's brought to you by Taylor's Tins. Taylor and her crew at Taylor's Tins have been manufacturing aluminum helmet fronts since 2017. With over 200,000 tins in the market, they are a leader in the helmet front space. 
Custom design, one-offs to department orders. They can turn them around within 24 to 48 hours. Customer service is what they pride themselves on, and they provide nothing but top-shelf product and service to their customers. Check them out at taylorstins.com and check out their full line of product offering. They've always been a very strong supporter since day one with the National Fire Radio podcast and platform, and Taylor and his crew have become dear friends of ours, and we appreciate the support. And at checkout, for a little extra bonus, use coupon code NFR sent me. That's NFR sent me for a discount on your order. Exclusions do apply. Anyway, check out taylorstins.com for the latest and greatest offerings from Taylor and his crew. And in the words of Taylor, stop burning up leather. You know, we talk about how important it is to be, a, you know, all in. And when we expect our people to be all in from the firefighters all the way up to the top, when we expect them to be all in, then our departments better be all in on us. And there can't be this misguided miscommunication between the top and the bottom. And I think that's where the middle people matter most. The battalion chiefs, the captains, the senior men, the senior women, this is, these are positions that matter throughout the process, and it's all part of the process. I love hearing about guys that are you know retiring after 30 years, 25 years, walking away from the fire service with an incredible career, and they rode the back step the whole way. I think it's an incredible, um, you know, a testament to who they are, their career, how highly regarded they are as a senior backstep man. Joe Angelini Sr. out of the FDNY, I mean, he was like the epitome of the senior man. He was what everybody looks at. You know, you see pictures of him that get posted. The fact that you know who he is, I know who he is. I've never ever had the abilities to meet such a wonderful person, but you hear stories of people that I know, you see and read about him and how he was the ultimate senior man who perished on 9-11 on September 11th, 2001. But there's guys like that that are still in the fire service. We're losing them quicker than ever, but we do have some of those guys that are that just senior man through and through. And there is something very important about that. And that is protecting the integrity of, of the process. They have learned their craft and through learning their craft, I hope and pray that they have mentored those that have come up behind them. And a lot of times these career senior guys have, they recognize that they're not interested in going any further. They love the position they're in and they influence the growth of their company. They influence those guys that have come up behind them. And when you have 20, 25, 30 years as a senior man, the amount of people that you can touch along the way, especially if you're into it and want to give back. And like I said, most of these guys are, if they're willing to ride that back step for 30 years, I can guarantee you they've touched a lot of people along the way, tutored and mentored our next round. And I think what's really cool about that, and I spoke about this the other night at, the, at this event down in Frederick County, Maryland, was this, right? Like when we can mentor and push people ahead of us, it is an absolute win for the fire service as well as total fulfillment for the individual themselves. When you have the ability to mentor and you have the ability to teach and then push people on and watch their success as they climb up the ranks past us, man, that is an absolute home run. I never really understood that until I've gotten older. To know how important success is for other people makes me more fulfilled. It gives me a better sense of who I am and what I want out of people. It's like being a parent, right? You have children. I mean, 
the only thing I want for my kids is to be successful and happy. That's what I want for them. I want them to be happy in life, and I want them to have success that can give them everything they need in life. That's all I want for them. And health, of course. I mean, health goes without being said, but like those are those things that absolutely matter. And like a parent, it's unconditional. Well, we should be doing that in the fire service too. It should be unconditional that we want to push our people forward. And if I don't want to progress any forward, any more forward than I am right now, then I should be looking to find those that come up with the same and similar, you know, morals, ethics, values, approach to the job, experience, and all of that. And we should be packaging that up and letting these people push past us with our tutelage. And as they go up the line, they can influence and make this job better for us. Because ultimately, we can complain about the top all we want. And when we talk about the process, the process is from day one to the day you walk out the door. It's a learning process. And um, I think when we get to a point where we can point the finger and blame those above us for bad policy, for things we don't like, where the focus has shifted, where we've taken away the abilities of firefighters to do their job, where we're micromanaging more and more, comes through weak leadership, all of these things. We need leaders on top that were just as good as they were as a 30-year backstep man. And that's what we need. And we can't be afraid of promoting ourselves or pushing ourselves up the line because those are the ones that will affect change. You can only affect change on a company level as a company. Maybe you can entice the second or third due companies to you to push harder and be better because you stretch a line in their first due and they're pissed off, but they're a disheveled company. And maybe you can affect change at their company level, maybe the neighboring company to do better because they have to compete with you if you're a well-oiled company. But that, that influence only stops. That influence stops at the company level. We need people from that successful company now to promote up the line. We need them into middle management positions where they have a seat at the table. The seat at the table matters. A battalion chief position, hugely important. Not only were they successful on the company level, you hope, but now they can take what they did at their individual company level and take it to a battalion level where they can influence several companies with their mind, thoughts, and ideas of how they want to operate. Now you can, with the sphere of influence, because you've now graduated, promoted to that next step, you can now take what you did on the company level and make it a battalion level. And then you also have a seat at that table. When you have a seat at the table with the administration, you're still going to fires, you're still walking the streets, you're still doing the work with the men and women that are riding that back step. And you have the ability now to take what's happening on the street and bring it to the table. And the table is the, with the administration and the, and the gold shields and the white hats. And so that's what I think is super important. And that's what we have to look, like, look at in this process is the process matters all the way up the line. It's not just what's happening in the firehouse. It's not just what's happening in your personal career at the fire station or on the fire ground. I mean, personal development is hugely important because it's who you become. And then from there, you, you grow and mature into the different roles within the fire service. Hugely important, but we need people that value this job and push themselves to be better, to find themselves getting into management positions where they can influence change. I know it's not easy. Change doesn't happen overnight. We're in an immediate society these days where we want change more than ever, and we want it now. The lack of patience is, is rampant in everything we do in society, and that includes the fire service these days, and nothing is done overnight. So patience, my friends, patience. 
But the point is this. Enjoy the process. You know, sometimes when we push the process on an individual level and we're trying to be better than we are, we're trying to do more than we can do, and we're rushing the process and we're not having failures, we're not making mistakes and correcting our mistakes, we're making mistakes, pushing it under the carpet and then moving on. That's not learning from the process. And that process is not shaping you into the firefighter that you want to be or the public deserves or the guy riding next to you wants to ride with. We don't need people to hide their mistakes. We don't need people to understand. You know, we need people to understand that this job is made up of a a world of mistakes and learning opportunities. And when the opportunities present themselves to you, it's time to perform. And we need you at your best and we need you at your peak. And when you do make a mistake or you do fumble, you got to address it accountability. And that's all part of the process. The process is learning from mistakes. I'm promise you this. If you go to fires and you don't make a mistake or you come back and you don't address your mistakes with your crew or your company or your boss, right? And it's not being addressed with you. I promise you any fire you go to, any fire, any type of call where something doesn't go right and it's not talked about, I promise you not everything was ass slaps and high fives. I love seeing social media where it's like, oh, we went to this fire. Thank you to all the mutual aid companies on a, a lot of times on the on the volunteer side. Thank you to all the volunteer companies. Uh, everything went great. You know, what a great job by everyone. I can guarantee you every single company that was at that fire made a mistake somewhere. And I hope that all those companies that were operated at that fire go back and they talk about it. And it's discouraging when you don't. And guys that want to be better, do better, will face and confront the issues at hand so that we can make ourselves better and learn from it. Because I can promise you this, if I made a mistake on the fire ground, which I do all the time, I can promise you there's other guys there that are making mistakes too. And if you're not willing to confront them, they're not either. And we need that. We need guys to be willing to confront the issues and errors because that's all part of the process. Sacrifice. In what I read, you know, 20 minutes ago when I opened this episode, the word sacrifice came up twice. Um, The fire service is built on that. I mean, I could go down the road on this too, but, you know, we're always, we're always today looking for, I don't know, the, uh, the pat on the back, the eighth place trophy, the, I was there. Great job. High fives. Meanwhile, you sucked. Like we're always looking for credit. Everybody wants credit today. Everybody wants to be recognized, whether they did something or didn't even do it, or whether they tagged along or, you know, or, or they were watching from afar. They want credit. I don't, I don't necessarily understand why that's important to people, but people now more than ever are looking to be recognized for whatever they do. And being part of the process, recognition no, man. Recognition is there for when you do above and beyond what the job calls for. You know, you can certainly do high fives and ass slaps. And you can, you know, after we after we have that conversation about what we did, we can also highlight the good that we did. There's no doubt. But please don't by any means mistake this, that everybody deserves a high five or everybody deserves credit if you were there. I mean, it's just it's not just it just doesn't how it doesn't doesn't work that way. The fire service is built on sacrifice. It always has been. The guys that have come before us that everybody idolizes, these long coats, uh, you know, hip boots, back step, open cab, right, all this stuff. Half the guys in this world couldn't even endure half the conditions those guys did or the working conditions they worked in because all they want is something for something. 
So it's like, you expect me to work in those conditions? Well, then I want this. You expect me to volunteer with this equipment? Then I want that. Like, there's always this give and take. And, and I just, sometimes it, it rubs you raw. Sometimes the fire service does, does you dirty. And it's part of the sacrifice and, and being a part of this. And this goes for career and volunteer. I mean, it's just life, man. It's just life. So sacrifice. Part of the process is sacrifice. What are you sacrificing? What do you what do you what do you have in front of you that you could be doing better? Are you sacrificing your time? Are you sacrificing your family? Are you sacrificing your body? Are you sacrificing your your commitment to the fire service? Sacrifice. It's a big word. Um, I'm going to explore that further on another episode as well. But I really just wanted to talk about the process. Um, there's so much to it, and I just don't want you to rush it. And I know so many have to rush it. And that's how I kind of open this conversation. You know, sometimes departments, companies, they need you to rush it. And I talked about that. And when you do, don't lose sight of that. Don't lose sight of the reason why you are rushing the process. It's to do it right. And uh, even if you're being pushed to take on a position that you're not ready for, or even if you're uh, elected to a position that you're running for because you want you want it over the other individual or, you know, in the volunteer sector when it comes down to volunteer elections and the guy that's running or the guy that's been there has a do-nothing, but he's got 10 years on you, don't be afraid to run against him. Competition is good, but you better do the job, and you're not entitled to jack shit. So I promise you, do it right. Do it for the right reasons, and when you do it for the right reasons, the process gets just a little bit cleaner and a little bit better. And as you grow... And as you get bigger and you, you mature throughout the fire service, well, a lot more comes to you. And um, you get a lot more clarity, a lot more understanding. The job becomes much more focused um, and important, I think, to you. And, uh, and so I challenge you with that. Don't rush the job for the sake of rushing the job. Don't rush the process. Firefighting is a process. It always has been. It always will be. And there is no fast forward on the process. So anyway, just some random thoughts. I appreciate all of you for uh, your time and listening uh, and dialing into the podcast. Just some random thoughts. I'm going to be doing more of these. So thank you. Thanks for, um, thanks for giving me a few minutes of your day. And uh, I challenge you to go out, and I challenge you to make a difference in the fire service today because we need rock stars more than ever to promote this job and to make it better. Career or volunteer, we're all doing a job. So go get it. Be good at it. Get better at it. So anyway, take this conversation, take it back to the firehouse and talk about it. Cause like I always say, as we talk about the job, we're making the job better. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you at the next one. Jeremy national fire radio.